Hi, I'm Eric, also known as v 47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's morphin' time! on the train was that had a clefairy that we only saw for like half a second but i noticed i saw you <laughs> uh to listen to the show find us anywhere you listen to podcasts like the zoom marketplace that nobody ever uses or stitcher this podcast is brought to you by revenge lover designs illustrations and design that fit your personality for samples and inquiries visit revengelover.com hi hi we have such a very specific thing we're talking about today. Yeah, um, no news. Well, I mean, there was some news of the fact that the anime was released, but that's kind of what we're talking about today. Right. We, yeah, we're getting together to do one very specific thing. We're cutting to the chase. We're not padding this out with anything. Breaking news could have happened and we would ignore it because today we're just talking about Pokemon Journeys, which dropped on Netflix this past Friday, uh, 12 episodes all at once, so you can do a nice Pokemon binge. Which we're I already gonna, did. Uh, which Kyle already did. Yeah. Um, and we're going to talk about just the first six today, and we'll do another episode where we talk about the second six, just because, you know, we're content creators, and we want to make more content <laughs> also yeah. tackling 12 episodes at a time to be quite honest would be quite a task i know we did uh 20 episodes in one episode i think um, yeah but the way we did that was by ignoring episodes we didn't want to talk about and i didn't want to do that for this yeah and when we did it that way it was also because like we tried to catch up with the anime of sun and moon yep but we just couldn't catch up to it yeah yeah. And so we only ever got to like the first season and honestly the second and third season are so much better than the first in my, <laughs> in, my in my opinion. Yeah, well we'll we'll do an episode at some point once like those will be two episodes on the to-do list at some point. Just whenever we feel like it's slow, but yeah. right now we've got these episodes and we've got DLC coming and you know and 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 so uh, luckily right now we don't have to pad anything out and we've got uh, current stuff to to go over so mm-hmm. we are truly blessed praise arceus 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 however however it's said i don't know i haven't watched that movie yet i think it's arceus i think it's arceus i think it's arceus i actually like arceus best and i've never actually said it that way well the only reason i say that is because if you get uh Silvalli, its special ability is the um the letter R, the letter K, and the letter S, mm. and then it's like the RKS system. So. That makes a lot of sense, and I never put those things together. But yeah, R, ooh, ooh, RKS is such a infinitely better name than anything I've ever said, and I think anything we've ever said on the show. I yeah. think we've always said praise Arceus. Uh, well, 
Praise Arceus. <laughs> I remember watching a YouTube video that was like, how do you pronounce these Pokemon? Mm-hmm. And I think like multiple times throughout like the anime and the movies and all that stuff, it has been pronounced multiple different ways. That's frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Like the it's same thing is I look to the anime to guide me, you know? <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah. Well, whatever. I'm I, I'm committing to Arceus now because that, that actually makes the most sense from a number of, of uh perspectives. So mm-hmm. thank Arceus for this uh abundant year of beautiful Pokemon stuff. <laughs> yes. So uh you want to just get right into it then? Let's do it. Um, so like I said, we're talking about the first six episodes of Pokemon Journeys. It's the first half of the mm-hmm. first part. Yeah, so um, if you haven't seen them yet, pause this episode. Go watch the first six episodes. Yeah. Yeah. No, for real though. Like I, 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 this show is so good that I would rather you turn us off mm-hmm. and watch it. Like yeah. that that's how good it is. Like we don't we like go do that, please. <laughs> um and then come back, you know. But uh but definitely go watch the show. It's it even if you here's the thing here's this thing bleh, here's the thing. I'm so excited I can't talk. Here's the thing that's great about this show. You do not need to have watched any Pokemon ever to watch this show. At Agreed. All Hell, you don't even have to have like played Pokemon. Like it is, it is. It starts at the very beginning, in a sense, right? And that's one thing that I think is so amazing about this show, and was surprising about this show. Um, in the first six episodes, and this is sort of general, so it's not specific to any episodes yet. In the first six episodes, they make allusions and they make very small references or nods to those of us who have watched Pokemon before, Mm -hmm. but they never, ever, ever in the first six episodes, I don't know what happens after, um, explicitly connect this series to any other series. Um, I will say this, no spoilers or anything, but they do reference the very first episode in a later episode of the last six. And that's, that's fine. Cause here's the thing. Like, I know, I know that, Every series has, to some degree or another, explicitly connected itself to another mm-hmm. series, right? And when I say explicitly, I mean, like, it took the two threads of continuity and tied them together. They were connected. And you mm-hmm. could not you could not separate them. There wasn't a way to do it, right? Yeah. These first six episodes, and I'll be curious to see what that thing is that you're talking about, um, they, they, they make comments and they have elements that Mm -hmm. reflect or echo things that happen in the first original series and probably other um other parts of the series but there is like i don't know how much this was carefully done to do this or if it was just like let's sort of refresh and it just happened this way but you you could so far make the argument that this is is actually the reboot series um, that we haven't gotten because Sun and Moon was a sort of like a restyling and a re-attitude and a rethinking, but it was a direct continuation of the series we'd already seen. Mm-hmm. 
these first six episodes are not. And I love that. And it, it lets them do kind of whatever they want. I, I'm bullish on this. You could try there, to convince me, but there is no direct connection. Episode two. In what way? Uh, you see Ash's trophies from the being champion of Alola region, and you see his Orange Island League Cup. Where? And you see his, Where are they? In his bedroom, right as he's waking up. It's a very quick scene. Uh, the camera pans right over him, and it shows his uh, championship stuff. Uh, see, but, th- but here's the thing, though. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, there are things in the show that you can you can you can point to and say like, oh, that's this or that. But the story they're telling never, ever acknowledges any of that stuff. And it might this get is, to that yes. point because in the first six episodes, the first six episodes are not about Ash at all. Like, no. <laughs> and that's no. an important thing, too. These first six episodes are completely about this new character, Go. Um, and so I don't know yet what they're planning to do with Ash. And it could just end up being like, we're not focusing on Ash these first six episodes. And therefore, like, you don't really know what the continuity of this is. But there are all kinds of things like that in these first six episodes. Mr. Mime is there, right? There's all yes. kinds of things that technically happened in the other series but that can be explained any number of ways. Um, The trophies are certainly a little bit harder, but I would still argue that just having things in the environment don't necessarily mean the continuity is the same. I mean, an example is the Power Rangers movie had things that were in the environment that you could argue connected it to the series, but that movie's not connected to the series at all. You know what I mean? Like, references and illusions and stuff don't necessarily a continuity make um so i mean i'll go back and i'll see exactly what they're. are they like do they say what they are are there like pictures of him there's like, being uh, a champion there's a statue of the mash royal right next to the championship trophy okay um, is there's... there a picture of ash with the masked royal <sighs> i'd have to see these see are I... the like I, this is what i'm talking about we're like and, and I, I could be wrong um, but these are the things I'm talking about where like there are like it, it could be so carefully done that they're referencing the the other series but not officially connecting them because Ash could just be a fan of the Masked Royal. You know what I mean? Ash could have uh, trophies from whatever number of things or who knows what or honestly, they could just be illusions. And that to me is exciting because I think one thing, and this is a little soapboxy, I think one thing that like nerdy and geeky fandom does, a fandom I'm I'm a part of in many ways, is try to always find the continuity of things, which I think has frequently um, gotten in the way of just like Easter eggs, right? Like Easter eggs and illusions can be fun and that's and they can just exist. Um, a, a big, big, big example of this is Pixar. Pixar does tons of allusions to its other movies, and this resulted in a fun, but I don't think should be, ever be taken seriously, theory of how all the Pixar movies are actually part of the same universe. I promise you, they're not. They just they reference each other a lot because it's fun. So I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that okay. this series is doing that. Where it's like, we're going to put things in here that reference the other series, but for all intents and purposes, this is a new story. And it's a character you know in Ash, and we know that you know 
everything Ash has done. But if you are a brand new viewer, a brand new viewer, this is a story that will make complete sense from beginning to end. You don't need to know anything beforehand. You're not missing out on anything. So those new viewers might see those trophies and have no idea what they are, and it wouldn't matter. Okay, so I'm looking at the picture because I just pulled it up on Netflix real quick. Mm -hmm. Um, He's got his Alola Championship Trophy. He's Mm -hmm. got a trophy for being the Mash Royal. He's got his Z-Ring. He's got all of his badges. Okay. He's got a Kofari doll. He's got the... uh, um, when he went back to Kanto and did the, uh, uh, what's, uh, the trials here. Um, I can't remember what they're called. And then he's also got his orange islands, uh, trophy. Now, I still think they right. could, 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 could just be like an Easter eggy type thing. Agree to disagree. Well, no, I'm, I'm, if, if we go the whole series, and again, you know six more episodes than I do. If we go the whole series and they never in the story reference those things, I don't think that they're connected. I think okay. it's a reference. Okay. Well. Um, and okay. we'll see because there's so much more of the series that neither one of us has seen. Right? Exactly. Like, um, yeah. We'll now, see. I will say this. Um, uh, later on in the series, I think I want to say like Hoenn forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than, you know, like Brock showing up majority of the time, they don't really reference the past because they always want to make it new for new viewers growing up with Pokemon. So they don't try to reference the past a lot. They don't. Right. They don't constantly reference it, but there's always something that like ties. Right. It back, there's a right? few episodes like in black and white after he beat the champion or after he did the whole Pokemon League. There was an episode where they were doing a Kanto festival in Unova, and he uh, mentions him having a Charizard and whatnot. And then Charizard actually shows up in that episode and travels with him for a little bit. So there's that, yes. But like in the beginning of series, usually they try not to uh, bring in all the lore with everything. Right. And that's that's totally fair. Um, one thing that's really interesting about especially these first six episodes is that because Ash isn't the central character, mm-hmm. a lot of, for me at least, these questions are still floating out there. Because when elements of this world that Ash should know about, if this is part of the same continuity, mm-hmm. are introduced he doesn't say much at all. It's not like he affirms he knows them, but he doesn't affirm that he doesn't know them. So when he gets yeah. when he gets his Pokedex or when he sees a Rotom or a Rotom, he's just mm-hmm. like, oh, cool. Like he doesn't say, oh, Rotom or, oh, wow, another Pokedex. But he also doesn't say like, what's this? You know what I mean? So he's just sort of this character off to the side that you know knows things, but they, they have not in the first six episodes explored why he knows things it could just be that he's enthusiastic that he knows a lot of stuff the the time the 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 contained timeline timeline of the six episodes is that we see where he gets his pikachu from we don't do any like the only time jump we really get is from when he's one to two one to two and two is where he actually well he doesn't get his pikachu in episode two he gets it at the end of episode one but two is sort of like it sort of like kicks things off in in this series and you end up with uh this weird moment not weird moment but this moment where 
Professor Oak asks Ash, like, so do you still want to be a Pokemon master? And Ash says, yeah, now that I have my partner by my side. And again, it's one of those carefully written lines that doesn't mean he he doesn't have any other Pokemon. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that he hasn't accomplished anything, but it also doesn't mean that he has. And I, I'm I'm so fascinated at the way these episodes are written so far to make it so that the possibility exists mm-hmm. that this is actually for the first time a real separate continuity. And it could not be. Like I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm saying it could it could yeah. they could no. do whatever they want. But right. I'm just fascinated that they've they've been so careful and so intentional. And and I think it's all wrapped into what they've done with Pokemon in the past like 3 years or 4 years or whatever it is. I think 3 years cuz Pokemon Go. This series is very much like what would Pokemon the series look like if Pokemon Go had always existed, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's fascinating. Sorry, I'm, oh, getting, yeah. I'm like getting so excited no. thinking about it because it feels so yeah. different. <laughs> no. So basically, I'm just going to say this um, from here going forward. I obviously you feel like it's uh, sort of a reboot. I don't. So I think that would be kind of interesting to see, like how our perspectives handle for everything going forward. Yeah. Which yeah. Yeah. Is, I, and, yeah. And I mean, like, I, like I, I think if it's if it's not actually a different continuity it's very very intentionally meant to be a series that could be someone's first series exactly i I don't i don't think that Mm -hmm. i I, that i do not think i would be shocked if that were not the case because the stuff they're doing in this series so so heavily reflects yeah what fans who were introduced to pokemon through pokemon go know Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you see a lot of Pokemon Go references throughout this entire... Oh, yeah. yeah. Especially episode two, and we'll get to that. Um, I will say, um, I kind of feel like this series, like, when this is over, I f- and I highly doubt it, but I'm kind of getting this vibe that maybe Go will be the new central character from now on. I thought about that, and I I would love that. I have such a hard time... Can, like convincing myself to believe it simply because of the 20 years of them never letting yeah. Ash go. I actually and, think that to me would have been the perfect way to uh, not end a continuity, but sort of like end an era, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be absolutely fascinated if they do that because they start start the series off so separate from everything else. Um, it'd be such an interesting move, but I'd also love to see it because I, yeah. I do think Go is fascinating. Yeah, because, like, the way I'm seeing it, like, in X and Y, he got second place. In Alola, he becomes the champion. Mm -hmm. So his next goal is to become a Pokemon master. What if, by the end of this series, he takes on the ultimate champion, who you actually do see in episode 12. So, again, no spoilers. But he takes on that ultimate champion and becomes a Pokemon master by the end of the series. So there's no point in having Ash be the main protagonist from now on because Ash has already completed his story. There's no, there's nothing else to tell with him. So let's have Go start his journey now. Yeah. And it would make sense given that for so long they've kept Ash from even being a champion. And they mm-hmm. finally said, like, let's do it. Let's make him a champion. You exactly. Know? So it it yeah, that that very well could be. Um and Go is such an interesting character for them to have introduced in the first place because he's not 
He's not a companion. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's a main character in a way that no other companion has been. I, I would I would argue that everybody. Well, I don't know. You'd have to tell me if Serena Serena feels more like a main character from the little bit I've seen than a companion. But I still think she's more of a Go, companion. Okay, yeah, that's that's what I I have I I couldn't say that I would argue it because I hadn't seen enough, but it was the vibe that I got was like uh, she seems really pretty involved, but I also think she's a companion. Go doesn't feel like a companion. Go feels like the main character of many, if not all, of these first six episodes. Well, with the exception of the first episode. Um, but uh, but yeah, let's let's dive into the actual episodes yes. themselves. Yes. Um, the first one is a very unique. Uh, it was. <laughs> it's it it goes all the way back, further back than we've ever really gotten as far as like a full episode goes. It's not a flashback. Um, it's it's the it's the content of the episode, mm-hmm. um, and it basically covers Pikachu's origin story, um, and that's sort of like one thing that's going on. And the other thing that's going on is that Ash, Go, and what's her name? I'm already drawing oh, a blank. Uh, I forget her name too. She's not she's not in the first six very much. Um, but Professor Cerise's daughter. Exactly. Um, the three of them are going to like Ash's Pokemon or not Ash's Professor uh, Oak's, Oak's camp. Uh, yeah, Pokemon camp mm-hmm. and Ash is like late. So that, those are like well, the main two stories. Ash never even shows up. Right, because he he wakes up late, which is like yeah. they really so they, hammer in this series like that's a thing that happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, so they're and I find it funny like his PJs have never changed once. No, same exact PJs. So funny. <laughs> yeah. But. I was pleasantly surprised by this episode because I was like, oh, I was thinking, oh, it's just going to be like the start of the series. And I'm like, oh, no, this is like an actual like origin for Pikachu because for mm-hmm. as long as we've known, we had no idea Pikachu was a Pichu. Yeah, we didn't know where he came from, how Professor Oak got him, what his his story was, why he was the way he was. I don't mm-hmm. know that we we still don't really know why he was the way he was, but this, this iteration of Pikachu uh, mm-hmm. doesn't hammer home just how stubborn Pikachu was the last time we got a Pikachu origin story. He's a little yeah. disgruntled at one point, but for the most part, they dive right into him and Ash being, being buddies. Uh, I mean, he was still thunder shocking at the end of the episode, Ash. Yeah. It once they didn't dedicate a whole episode to it. <laughs> well, no, but I feel like that just leads straight into the first episode. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like just seeing Pete, um, I'm not a big fan of Pikachu, but I love Pichu, so this was awesome. I loved it. Pichu's super cute. I think that if this had been your first series, you would like Pikachu a lot, because Pikachu is freaking bad A in this series. Hmm. I know you can't let go of everything you already know, and I'm not asking yeah, you to, I can't, but I can't. Pikachu is freaking cool in this series. Like, way cool. <laughs> Like when he, so this is, this happens a few times when Pikachu uses Thunderbolt in this mm-hmm. series, it is incredible. It looks so cool. Like just as, as an animated sequence, it looks cool. And I feel like as a kid, I would be like, whoa, like screaming oh. and pumping my fist. One thing I meant to ask you, uh, what do you think? Uh, Cause I ne- we never actually talked about this before uh, that Pikachu learned this last season, this move, but what do you think of Pikachu now knowing Electro Web? It's fine. <laughs> ah. Okay then. I, I don't know what else to say about it. It's uh I don't know. It it doesn't doesn't 
I mean, like it, it 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 matters in the show as far as like a plot point goes, but like I don't have a special connection or affinity well, for the move. I just meant like, uh, were you surprised to see it? Because I don't know if like you knew that Pikachu knew that move or no. Because when I started watching the series and saw where it was going, I I I let myself go everything that I knew prior because mm-hmm. as far as I was concerned, they were telling a new story. Gotcha. So as far as as far as I was concerned, like Pikachu knew that move for whatever reason in this in this you know, gotcha yeah this no. story they were telling. Mm-hmm. No, I gotcha. Uh, but yeah, basically, just quick little iteration from the previous season. Uh, basically, it learned Electro Web because it couldn't do Electro Ball anymore, and the Electro Ball kind of evolved into Electro Web, which was kind of cool. Cool. So there you go. Brief history. So anyways, back to episode one. Um, yeah, uh, I do like how this was mostly like Go's origin story as well. Mm-hmm. And you kind of get the idea of like what drives him into being the way he is now. And because he's on the hunt for a certain mythical Pokemon. Called Mew. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so Go's, Go's whole thing is that like, as a as a young kid, before any of them could be trainers, he witnessed Mew, right? Mm-hmm. And saw that it was super freaking cool and could do all these really amazing things. Yeah. And he decided right then and there that it was like his destiny to catch Mew first and to be partner yeah. Pokemon or partners with the Pokemon Mew. Mm-hmm. So that drives him through these first few episodes and still drives him after those fir- first few episodes, but we see that it ends up getting tweaked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do like how his reasoning behind the tweaking, I thought that was genius. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I just like how he's like this super Pokemon nerd, basically. Like, I could see him as being a Pokemon professor growing up. Yeah, and I think that's probably what he wants or something similar to that. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we end up getting a very Kirk-Spock dynamic at certain points between Ash and Go yes. in the sense that Ash ends up being very much the heart and the feeling of things, mm-hmm. and Go ends up being the thinking and logic of things. And it's it's interesting because both of them are presented as knowledgeable, and Go ends up learning a lot more from Ash, I think, in, in the beginning of these things. Um, but Ash does learn certain things from Go as well. Yeah. And it's because they have these different approaches to what Pokemon are. Ash is frequently talking about, like, I feel this or the Pokemon seem like this. Um, you just got to, like, do this or go with the flow or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Go has to, like, break his sort of rigid, like rigidity um, and sort of, uh, like, intellectual thinking to understand that there's like more to it than just like observing and like reading in the books, like what Pokemon are. Yeah. We see a lot Um, of that in episode three. Yeah. But he is a field researcher. I mean, Mm -hmm. go, go. It's funny because he's, he's this intellectual, logical kind of character. But as we start seeing in the second episode, go like just ignores school because he, he thinks that, that seeing Pokemon and watching them and researching them Mm -hmm. is more valuable than school. Yeah. Um, and, and and that's that's an interesting wrinkle in that. He's not just like a nerd who doesn't ever actually interact with Pokemon. He just he 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 values the information that he can like witness, right, and see and record over the things that are more soft skills like feeling and emotion and things like that. 
Mm-hmm. So it, it's a, it's a really cool uh, fleshed out character. And that second episode, I think, is is where I don't think it's it's explicit. Is the first instance where he sort of has that broken a little bit by his interaction with Ash and uh, a pretty pretty important Pokemon called Lugia. <laughs> yeah. So before we get into episode two, I w- I'm going to give you a point in your favor towards your uh, idea of how this series is. And that's uh, at the end of Sun and Moon, uh, They the reason it stops is because it's summer vacation. And so Ash decides to go travel the world. Well, mm-hmm. at the beginning of this, there's a school in Kanto going on. So I would assume it's not summer anymore. <laughs> yeah. I should so, also clarify that, like, for me, it's mm-hmm. not like I don't have, like, a column where I'm putting, like, like the 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 arguments for and against like whether this is or yeah. isn't something and honestly the creators could straight up tell me f- like flat out this <laughs> is a con- like continuation what i'm looking at simply is the product that we're viewing you know what yeah. i mean mm-hmm. um and i think that that like what comes from a product can be different than the intent of the creator it doesn't take that away uh, like the what the creator intended. Yeah. Okay, um, I got you. But I think, but but it can still be sort of self-contained in its in a sense, right? Like, um, and I, I think there are probably tons of examples throughout you know entertainment where that ends up sort of being the case. But um, I mean, I, I still want to know if if they end up oh, yeah. saying or if it ends up being obvious, like within the con like within the confines of the the series itself. But um, but uh, I'm not I'm not creating a thesis or anything here. I promised. I'm just fascinated by it because yeah. I do think it's fascinating. The product we get on screen, it's it's I, I do think it's very different than what we have normally seen get before. As oh, far yeah. as like a, a sort of direction or overall attitude towards what the show is, mm-hmm. um, which is just so exciting to me. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. OK, so episode two yeah. is super cool. <laughs> like, yeah, there's. Uh, a lot of Pokemon Go and Let's Go references throughout this entire episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, that's this is where I realized, um, aside from just one of the characters literally be na- like being named Go, mm-hmm. um, which is not a mistake. Uh, this this episode is certainly where I was like, oh, okay, so this is the Pokemon show that exists post Pokemon go. And it's fascinating because I think that forever from here on out, we're going to be considering Pokemon as the pre Pokemon go era and the post Pokemon go era. And we might not talk about it that way, but I do think that's going to be the reality Mm -hmm. because there are things in this series that simply would not have made it into the series had Pokemon go not existed. There are things in the games that simply would not exist if Pokemon Go did not exist. And it's fascinating to see how much that affected things. And it's not wrong. I mean, that game made a butt ton of money and got so many people back into Pokemon, they'd be foolish not to take mm-hmm. its lead. Yeah. Um, and so it's 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 wild to see it permeating a sphere that I hadn't expected it to. <laughs> mm. But it does. It's here in the, in the series. Um, I mean, I, I noticed it. Uh, I, I don't know if there are any earlier allusions to it, but to me, the fact that they're constructing a gym in Vermilion or v- Vermilion? Where, where, yeah, where, where Vermilion. 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 Yeah. In Vermilion City 
that looked like a Pokemon Go gym mm-hmm. and made no other references to like the Lieutenant actual Surge. Lieutenant Surge gym that probably also exists there. Um, yeah, that that was that was kind of fascinating. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, but oh wait, no, actually, the raid the raid battle happens before that in episode yes. two. Duh, yeah, duh. in episode That's two, what we're talking about <laughs> um, go. He's supposed to go meet uh, Professor Cerise's uh, daughter, pick up his homework because he was skipping school, right? And he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm not gonna be able to make it because something epic's about to happen over here." Because I guess he tracks the weather and notices like patterns, formations, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And Professor Cerise is also picking up on it and like, oh, hey, something epic's about to happen. So Ash just books it. And all of a sudden, like this dark, stormy cloud and Lugia appears. And so like all these trainers are out there and they're like getting ready to like do a battle. And I think even someone even references, hey, uh it's a raid battle or something like they, they actually say raid battle in the yeah, they somebody says like let's do let's let's battle it together or let's do it all together and someone says oh yeah a raid battle yeah like, <laughs> um and it yeah that that was the first first indication where i was like oh okay like yeah the, this this concept exists in this world which would make sense even if they weren't referencing Go and did something conventional and just went to Galar instead. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that this isn't just like a Galar raid battle, which, by the way, also wouldn't have existed without Pokemon Go. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's 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 there's no reference to to Galar raid battles. This is purely like a Pokemon Go reference for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, and the fact that it's a Lugia, which was the very first yep. legendary yep. raid battle in Pokemon Go. And it bursts out of like a dark uh like cloud orb, like mm-hmm. that that's swirling in the way that a, a raid egg frequently yeah. looks. Like it resemble it literally resembles mm-hmm. like <laughs> like a raid. It's yeah, th- this was this was cool. I loved this watching was. it. It was a cool battle too. This is the first um the first instance that we see Pikachu I believe do Thunderbolt. Um, it's so cool, man. He like he jumps up, doesn't he? Like smack his own cheeks. <laughs> like it's oh. so freaking cool. <laughs> and you see the like, you see the little like um, bits of electricity sort of like crawling around him before it actually unleashes. Like it's oh, it's such a good animation. I love it mm-hmm. so much. It's so great. Yeah. And- <laughs> One thing I really liked was the fact that the trainers that are sending out their Pokemon, they're not all Kanto Pokemon. Yeah, this was yeah. a really cool thing that they did. Yeah, they... so like, like uh, throughout the entire series, like while they're in Kanto, all you see are Kanto Pokemon in the wild. Right. Except right. for except for P- Pikachu when it was a Pichu. That was it. Sure. Sure. But you see other trainers that use other Pokemon from other regions, and I was like. Yes, this is like if they were to ever actually reboot Pokemon, like fully cut, like completely start from scratch. This is how I would want it to be. Like all trainers have different Pokemon from different regions. Because that's how it is now. Back then it was, oh, this is the only set of Pokemon we know about. So this is the only ones that are going to be out. Right. So the fact they actually had all these trainers, like someone had a Sudowoodo, uh, someone had something else I can't remember, but I know Garchomp it was there. Garchomp was there, Sneasel yeah. was there. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. Bisharp. Exactly. So I thought that was amazing. Corviknight. <laughs> yeah, Corviknight. I was like, oh, hey, Corviknight. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's brilliant. And, and, and it, it's really hammered home because where this episode ends up going is that Ash and Go both independently pursue Lugia. Mm-hmm. Um, Go wants more information and Ash just wants to experience um, this Pokemon, right? Basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so they both end up riding on Lugia's back um, and, and, and traveling throughout this area. It, it, not the world because this, what this show has done is they've made all the locations significantly bigger and vaster in a more realistic way. So like Vermilion city is freaking huge. Mm-hmm. Um, just sort of as a side note or detail, but they end up flying all over the place and you see a bunch of Pokemon in the background or in their environments. They go underwater, they go mm-hmm. high in the sky, they go sort of into this grassy field. And like you had said, all the Pokemon that you see in the environment are specific to Kanto, um, mm-hmm. which is which is such a great detail, such a, such a good detail. All right. Did you see a callback to the opening theme uh, of the first se- season? Where when, they are like running with uh, Rapidash. Uh, Rapidash, yeah, yeah, over the field. Yep, yeah, yep. yeah. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was, was like, very cool. I was like, I see what you guys did there. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they do they do a really great job, and this isn't unique to this particular series. It's it's something they've been improving um, upon over the years. So this isn't necessarily new, but I just I want to call it out and appreciate it anyway. Mm-hmm. They've they've done such a good job. Um, incorporating Pokemon into the environment in such a natural way that just didn't exist in the original series due to purely like animation restrictions, right? Um, where they can, they can plop dozens and dozens of Pokemon into an environment um, and it feels so real. And they're all just doing normal sort of Pokemon animal things. Like I love when the Fero are flying in formation with Lugia like birds do, you know, like, <laughs> That was such a cool little thing. Or when Lugia was flying over the surface of the water and you just saw like some polywag hanging out on the mm-hmm. surface. Like it just is such a cool, yeah. such a cool thing um, so, that they've, they, they've gone to such a great, amazing point in this show. Mm-hmm. So when the Fero showed up, I was honestly waiting for like Ash, like, cause you see him trying to reach out and like touch one almost. Yeah, and I was waiting for one of them to be like glare back at him and just be like, "It's you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I was surprised when he was reaching out. I was like, "Where is this going?" But it doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> he's just doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this was a this was a really cool episode. Um, and basically, what it results in is I, I kind of reference this like Go learns that you can learn about Pokemon by just being with them and experiencing them. And, and, mm-hmm. and as Ash puts it, being friends with them instead of studying them. Um, and that's sort of like Go's spark moment where he's like, oh, maybe there's more to this than, than I had thought. Mm-hmm. So very, so, very cool episode. But the best part about this entire episode completely is you meet one of the professor's assistants who has <laughs> the greatest shirt ever it has a magnemite on it, and it does. Like, as soon as like you get to the scene, I'm like, I just quickly shout out, I'm like, that man has a magnemite shirt. We <laughs> thought we wouldn't notice, but we did. He, not only does he have a magnemite shirt, he has shoes that are gray, and one mm-hmm. has a red stripe, and one has a blue stripe. Yep, <laughs> he's all uh, in. <laughs> yes. So that is uh, his assistant named Ren. Yes, and I I love him already. Yes. 
Yes, it was, it's a good detail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of good details. Yes, uh, you get to see a little bit more about him in, I want to say, episode 11. So cool. we'll talk about that uh, later. Yeah. So the third one, this is act, this is a good episode, but it's actually when I was just recalling the episodes, the one that I had uh, remembered last, because it's it's a bit more standalone than the other five are Mm -hmm. um in that this series has very much sort of like run its episodes together uh they they sort of continue each other pretty pretty smoothly and this one is pretty self-contained even though it's connected to everything else so this is one where they basically they there's there's a bunch of problems in the city based on the fact that there are a bunch of Ivysaur and Bulbasaur like traveling through the city together, like in packs. Um, and so Ash and go investigate, like where are the Bulbasaur and Ivysaur going? Like we want to know what they're up to, what's driving them. Mm-hmm. And this leads them to this tower that's under construction, the gym that we referenced, the Pokemon go looking gym that we referenced. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just, they follow the Ivysaur up to the top of the tower Mm-hmm. Uh, to see what they're up to. Um, and then the other big thing that happens in this episode is that Team Rocket is is introduced. And this is another instance where they do enough to, to mask their full intentions of Ash in relation to the rest of the world. Because mm-hmm. there's this really cleverly written comment where... Go says, a talking Meowth, I would have never believed it. And Ash says, yeah, that would have been my first impression too. So mm-hmm. you're like, okay, so you, that could mean that you already are aware, but it doesn't mean you, doesn't mean necessarily that you are. Like, it's mm-hmm. so ambiguous. It's so funny. And yeah. then when Team Rocket appears, Ash almost says nothing. Like he doesn't, yeah. he barely responds to them mm-hmm. at all. He's not surprised that they're there, but he also doesn't do the thing that he so frequently does where he says like, what do you want? Are you again? Or yeah. he never names them like he has before. It's, it's mm-hmm. fascinating. That's what's fascinating to me, right? Yeah. Like it could all culminate in episode seven where Ash divulges that he knows everything, but I'm just so fascinated by the fact that they've carefully masked mm-hmm. exactly what they're doing with him. Yeah. Until the and I'm very- sure a Go ahead. And I'm sure a lot of that has to do with wanting to focus more on this character Go and not yeah. make it about Ash. But the result is this fascinating sort of careful consideration of where Ash is in relation to everything else. It's just, it's it's so fascinating to me. Because mm-hmm. um, Team Rocket is right in front of his face and he doesn't acknowledge yeah. that he does or doesn't know them at all. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that basically all goes throughout the whole thing until the very end when they're blasting off and they even say, I guess we're going to have to go after that Pikachu again. Uh, I, Well, they don't say again. Well, they say... Uh, that, that's Because that's, that's another thing I noticed is like this episode, when they introduce Team Rocket, they introduce them in front of Giovanni and Giovanni is running over what Team Rocket is with them, which serves as an introduction to the audience as to what Team Rocket is, um, but also serves to basically be like him sending them out, right, to do Team Rocket's work. Um, And at the end of the episode, they make a comment of, that Pikachu was really powerful. You know what we have to do now, right? That's right, get the Pikachu. Um, But I don't think they say again... 
Like, I think it could be read either way. Um, I'm trying to find it, but... And I, and I am saying either way because yeah. I do genuinely believe it could be either way, but simply the fact that it could be either way and it's not explicitly connected, that is what is fascinating to me. Because the other thing is they don't, they, like, Wobbuffet is there, but okay. the rest of the rest of Team Rocket's Pokemon are not. Okay, I got the, uh, uh, the plot from Bulbapedia real quick. And one sentence it says, Experiencing Pikachu's power once again, the trio agrees to resume their original plan to steal Ash's Pikachu. Okay, so here's... The... <laughs> yes. I think I, this is going to make me obnoxious, but Bulbapedia, <laughs> Bulbapedia's description is not the show. I, okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, Bulbapedia, like, this is the thing that, that is going to be so hard, I think, is, like, we have been watching the show for so long, we have all the context. So, like, trying to watch the show with, like, imagining that the context isn't there. Like, imagine that this is a show being watched by someone who's never watched the show before like that's what i'm trying to do mm-hmm. um wait a second this isn't the episode that i wanted um no. and and trying to figure out like okay so if i were watching this and had never watched anything else before would i pull away from this scene that that ash already knows them or that they already know who pikachu is mm-hmm. um i'm turning on the captions for this episode because I don't want to play it on the thing. So here's Pikachu hitting them with his super cool thunderbolt. Um, and, and, and team rocket has this really cool thing where like Giovanni sends them a literal rocket full of pokeballs. And it's oh, sort of like a, I uh, love this concept. Yeah. It's like a candy machine and they mm-hmm. turn it and two random pokeballs come out and they, <laughs> battle with whatever those pokemon are can we explain how they uh put a coin in <laughs> yeah yeah they use they use uh Meowth. <laughs> they, they, they flip Meowth upside down take its coin on his forehead stick it into the coin slot and then a pokeballs come out and the first two that they get is a gyarados and a uh tyranitar Yes, which is, like, very, very interesting as far as, like, these are the Pokemon they're going to battle mm-hmm. with. Um, I just watched it, and you, like, it definitely, you're, you're, you're right. They, they, they make a comment, let me read it to you specifically, mm-hmm. um, that is the most in the show they've connected to anything. They say, yeah. uh, that Pikachu's still amazing, uh, so back to plan A. So that's, yeah, that's, uh mm-hmm. That's the 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 most direct reference they've made to like Ash and Team Rocket being connected and therefore being connected to the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still fascinated at how oh, yeah. careful they are about oh, all yeah, these definitely. details. Definitely. Um, and uh, and 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 so right now, that's I mean that's going to make me pay even more attention to Team Rocket because so far they've kind of been like character wise the thing that's mm-hmm. the first thing that's like directly connected two characters from the past together mm-hmm. um which is so fascinating it's yeah. so interesting to me um <laughs> it's it's all it's just it's so yeah. cool like it's just so cool that they're mm-hmm. they've done it in such a way that like you know maybe you learn all those things later and that's their whole plan right it's like we'll just introduce people to the the world and the characters and we'll get to all that later that's mm-hmm. fine 
Um, but it's just, it's so interesting the way they handle Ash in these first six episodes. Yeah. He's so, he's so like, he's like a mentor to go, but he's also still a kid. He's still a kid, but he's, he's like, it's weird. Like in the meta of it, he's like not that important to what's going on Mm -hmm. Um, because it's really just about go discovering yeah. what his path is going to be and i love that it's yeah. so cool and i it's so cool <laughs> i, I kind of like how uh they go they call him a twerp like they've always done and goes like did they just call him a twerp yeah. they use the word twerp <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah oh it's so so funny um yeah so that i mean i think that episode was interesting i it's uh all these episodes are good so no ranking is a dig on any of them Mm-mm. um but i think it's probably i mean my least favorite of the six just because um it's kind of separate from everything and i think it serves the specific purpose of just introducing Mm -hmm. team rocket thing i liked most about it is the fact that go ends up trusting ash and and following his lead and just sort of like being with the pokemon and trying to understand the pokemon by getting in the mind of a pokemon i'm like that's Mm -hmm. pretty cool but i liked also how go was telling ash like hey you need to let it do it on its own or else it won't be able to survive on its own which i thought was a great point to make I I I like that they had that argument. I think that the argument for me is what's more valuable because I think both of them were making really fantastic mm-hmm. points. Oh yeah, definitely. Um that I think we as an audience, I think the best thing for anybody watching this would be to take what both of them are saying mm-hmm. um and uh and try to apply those things in some sort of balance because I think I think both of them were making like very black and white arguments that that would get both of them into trouble. And the thing with Ash is like we've seen that get him into trouble, but we we've also seen that work for him. And so we don't have to spend as much time with that. Go though, like that's going to be part of his lesson, right? Yeah. Like, and that's going to be part of his story. Is is what we've seen for twenty years with Ash is that Ash acts first and thinks later mm-hmm. and sometimes that's exactly what the situation needs and that that's proven to other people and sometimes that gets him into trouble i think goes is going to be that he thinks first and acts later and that's going to sometimes be exactly what they need and sometimes going to be the problem <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's such a good dynamic <laughs> yeah it's brilliant yeah so um, moving on to episode four um, yeah, and four and five are kind of like parts one and two of each other. Exactly. Which <laughs> which is cool. Yeah. And I know you probably really enjoyed episode four because of a certain Pokemon in it. Nicket, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, this one has has a few Nicket in it, which is very cool. Mm-hmm. And it goes uh, straight into the Gala region, which I thought was great. Uh so we do actually get to see the Gala region. And we get to see the yeah. wild area. Well, yes. not not but that's episode five, but yeah. Yeah, but that's so. What they're doing is they they go basically is like, professor, I found this this news story or this phenomenon or something um, where Pokemon are turning gigantic, and Ash is like, that's so cool. Let's go find them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the professor sends them off to Galar because uh, that's where that happens. And the first like episode four is them going to Galar and finding out that like they've got a layover basically. Mm-hmm. And episode five is them getting to the wild area but that's kind of always like their goal for these two episodes is get get to seeing the gigantic pokemon Mm -hmm. um so they get to galar they take a train there 
Um, when they get there, they ask, like, where are the gigantic Pokemon happening? And they say, oh, well, they're happening in the wild area, but you're going to have to wait three hours. So episode four is the three hours between mm-hmm. <laughs> when they arrive and when they go to the wild area. Yeah. Um, but and it's all like a pretty, like, like nice, tiny little contained story. I like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And episode four, like, it had a really nice plot. You get introduced to Score Bunny and some Nicket. Mm-hmm. who basically work around uh, the small little town just trying to steal things to survive, basically. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was really cool. Score Bunny's, like, all covered up in mud to, to, I guess, to blend in or disguise itself a little bit. I'm not really yeah, sure. Yeah, that was interesting to me. They said, so the, the conclusion that they draw, the humans, because mm-hmm. we don't ever really, there's never a point in the episode where, score bunny confirms anybody's suspicions mm-hmm. um they they sort of hypothesize and theorize as to why score bunny is doing that but there's never like like we've seen this sometimes in in this show but then other shows even just with like animals and stuff like uh where a human sort of speaks for an animal by asking the animal a question and then the animal responds well <laughs> right so like mm-hmm. you might get a scene where it's like Pikachu, are you shocking me because you're mad at me? And Pikachu's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. those types of things. We don't get that. So, but what what they they explained to us, the humans, is Score Bunny was covering itself in mud to be more like the Nicket, mm-hmm. um, because it felt uh, it felt like rejected and hopeless, and so it was trying to blend in or be a part of these these Nicket that needed its help mm-hmm. um, and sort of be its be their leader. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is which is which is interesting. Um, yeah, it's cool. I liked the there was a so okay. I guess backing up just a sec. What they're doing, like you said, is they're stealing things from the area to just survive. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like they're bad. They're not presented as bad. They're presented as mischievous, and they're presented as being kind of a problem for people. But all the people are also understanding of them. So that's kind of a I like that they present it that way. Yeah, it's um, not like the Squirtle Squad where everybody just assumes that they're bad instantly. Right. Right. Yeah. There's, there's, there is a, there is a deeper discussion to be had here with the <laughs> score bunny and Nicket mm-hmm. um, that I don't think that I think Pokemon definitely intended to put in there, but that I don't think um, we are necessarily going to get into because it's like social commentary <laughs> stuff, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I like that it's there. Yeah. Um, and so they're, they're like stealing from this little coffee stand um, and Ash and go, basically like set out to try to figure out what's going on and then end up understanding the situation and, and meeting score bunny and battling score bunny and stuff. Um, one cool detail that I really liked is when they scan the Nicket with, um, with their Pokedex, it clarifies, and this is, I'm, I think this is a detail in the game, but I don't really remember. I just like that. It's in the show. Uh, especially in context, is they they clarify that like Nicket erase its own footprints with its tail, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I just thought that was such a funny thing because in the show that's literally what they would be using it for because they're stealing stuff. <laughs> so funny, so funny. Yeah, uh, one of the things I found very funny was the fact that Ash. Like, as soon as he sees, like, the food that he wants, like, he's, like, describing it in all this detail, like, what it actually is. And then Go tells him what it actually is. And then Ash continues to describe it the way he was describing it before. Yeah. Those little things. Yeah. Those delicious little things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a scone, Ash. It's a scone. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> I was fully expecting them to go out for curry, though. 
Yeah. Uh, I was scone surprised. still makes sense, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's a dessert. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess, I guess it is. Yeah. I usually eat it for breakfast though with coffee. Ah. Yeah. But I guess most things I eat for breakfast are technically just desserts that you eat in the morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Donuts looking at you. <laughs> Rice cakes. Rice cakes. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this was a cool one. Um, the main takeaway from this one is that they meet Score Bunny, right? Mm-hmm. Which we already knew just because nothing nothing can truly be contained um, when there's a delay in, in airing. But uh, which we knew was going to be a major player uh, as far as being somebody's partner Pokemon mm-hmm. um, in this series. It's interesting because basically the end of this episode is that Go like has a heart to heart with Score Bunny um, as a result of sort of his previous experiences with Ash, right? Like mm-hmm. he has this moment where he's like, I should just talk to this or appeal to this Pokemon um gives him sort of like a pep talk has a heart to heart and then go is like all right later mm-hmm. <laughs> and score bunny is like wait no hold on like we just connected and so the end of the episode you realize like okay score bunny is going to be following go mm-hmm. oh <laughs> so we totally i guess kind of glossed over it uh i mean we mentioned it but like in episode two at the end go is offered a charmander squirt or bulbasaur and he f- oh that's right he yeah flat out says i don't I don't want any of those. My first Pokemon's going to be Mew. End of discussion, basically. Yeah, he drives and, that point home. Yeah. So then the next episode, Score Bunny, we see like trying to get their attention, which was the cutest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they're on the train eating and like it's like hopping around trying to get their attention. It's like, nope, nobody sees it. It's like every time like it's in view, they're not looking. Right. <laughs> so then it's so funny. And it ends up knocking out like a waiter or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, they ev- yeah. eventually does get their uh, attention uh, when it's, I think, when it, they're finally in the wild area. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Go flat out says, I'm sorry, but my first Pokemon's going to be Mew. I can't catch you. Yeah. So episode five has like a pretty basic story to it, but it's really impactful and it, it, it informs us a lot and, and serves as like, the real representative of this being the Gen 8 series. I'm mm-hmm. sure there will be a lot more of this, but basically they get to the wild area. They end up finding a Snorlax. They're like, I guess this is the big one. Again, yeah. another cleverly written <laughs> so, detail because it is the biggest Snorlax Ash has seen, mm-hmm. but he doesn't reference the fact that he's ever seen a Snorlax before. Yeah. Um, and then and, it, it ends up Gigantamaxing and they're like, oh, that's a gigant, like that's a gigantic Pokemon. <laughs> or he could be basing off the fact that, and this is again, just completely ambiguous. You don't really know, but he could be basing off the fact that because they said when they scanned it with the Pokedex, Snorlax is supposed to be at least seven feet tall, but this one here was 10 feet tall. Right, right. Well, that's so, what's, that's what's so yeah. brilliant about it, right? Like he's yeah. seen Snorlax, but he's never seen one this big. Exactly. So he could be like, oh, this is the big one, I guess. And yeah. I also found funny was they they talked to someone about the big giant Pokemon. Like, oh, you just got to look for the red light. So they see the train track uh, signals <laughs> that's flashing red lights. And he goes, hey, look, red light. And it's like, no, I don't think that's what he meant. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, but the, but then there just happens to be a Snorlax like right there, and that ends up being like an important detail because when the Snorlax Gigantamaxes, it covers part of the tracks, 
and they know that there are trains coming like every so many minutes. So they're like, oh, shoot, we got to move this Snorlax, but it's huge. And I think this is when they notice Scorbunny because Scorbunny helps them figure out how to not figure out, but accomplish the goal that they're they're trying to to accomplish, which is to get the Snorlax off of the tracks. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then and then it, it culminates in the interaction that you talked about, which is Scorbunny wanting to be Go's partner and Go saying no, which is like such a devastating moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad that they ended up tying it up right then and there. Cause I don't know if I could have handled multiple episodes of Go rejecting score bunny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I could have done it. I would have been too sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he has a moment where he's like, you know what, what you did was amazing. And I want you to be my first partner Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And then they do this cool thing where you know how in the in the trailer and I actually in the game itself when you pick your partner Pokemon you do like a fist bump with it. Mm-hmm. In this one, he he goes to do like the high five, um, and uh, Score Bunny hits his high five not with its paw but with its foot, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love that. And that ends up being a thing that they keep doing where yeah, uh, Score Bunny high fives upside down with his foot, and it's very cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Uh, another thing uh, I've meant forgot to mention, but Mr. Mime has been a kind of a main, not main, but like more so main than he has been in a long time. Yeah, he's like series. an actual side character. Yeah, in this. he's not. And, he, he's he like lives with Ash. Yeah, and I love in like the beginning, like beginnings when he's like trying to like make breakfast or something. Like he's actually miming everything out. He doesn't grab anything, and he treats and like there's actually sound effects as he's doing yeah. these things. And I'm like that I. But I think we are to understand the characters can hear because at one point he tricks Go yeah. uh, unintentionally into thinking that he has served Go an actual meal. Yeah. And <laughs> because then, I think because of the sound effects. Yeah. It's like Go goes to try and grab the cup or whatever and there's nothing there to grab. <laughs> and, well, and like the funny thing about Mr. Mime is he's because he's a um, he's still a psychic Pokemon too, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't change him entirely. The psychic yeah. fairy. Yeah, I I remembered that they had add fairy, but um, but I couldn't remember if they had kept him fully psychic or not fully psychic, but psychic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, because he has psychic powers, um, his miming is more than just like what a human would mime. Because there's a point where he like goes into the boys' room. By the way, the boys live with um <laughs> the the researcher as like live in researchers, mm-hmm. which is like. It's a setting detail, but it wasn't really important to the story as far as we were telling it, so that's why it didn't come up. Anyway, Mr. Mime goes into their room while they're sleeping, and in order to wake them up, uses a mimed vacuum cleaner to pull their blankets off their bed. So it's funny because, like, his miming has an impact on the world around it. It just no one else can interact with what he is actually miming. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so funny. It is. It's almost like there's this entire invisible world that exists that only Mr. Mr. Mime... Mime can experience exactly <laughs> it's great yeah it's really good it, it also makes sense that mr mime is a main character given that uh he was sort of the breakout star of uh detective, detective pikachu yeah, exactly <laughs> now yeah. Uh, yeah this series so far has actually added more lore to certain pokemon like mr mime yeah. chansey and kangaskhan from the first episode which i totally forgot to mention yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Pikachu's backstory, which we mentioned happened. Uh, we didn't even actually talk about. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I just want to say this. When Chanseys take their eggs out, another one appears. That's kind of horrifying. Yeah. Like, what the heck? 
and then but it also explains that like those eggs aren't just like clef uh not clefa oh my gosh uh there is there isn't uh a, a priya but they're not just like chancy waiting to hatch exactly happy <laughs> Happini, thank you. I was yes. like, I know there's something, but I guess there isn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're not just yeah. like Happini waiting to, to hatch. And also, I just want to say this, Pokemon, if you're going to keep teasing us with baby Kangaskhans, please make it a real Pokemon. Oh, God, never going to happen. I know they it's never going to happen. But they hate us. I know, but I, I need, it's bothering me. I know. It bothers all of us. It bothers every one of us. Okay. It's bothered us since the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the thing that'll bother us until oh, like yeah. the universe dies. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for backtracking, but those were just awesome. They just appeared in my head. I'm like, oh, I need to talk about these. These well, are huge. <laughs> no, I, I think that's a great, it's a great, great detail. Um, and on the topic of eggs, another Pokemon Go thing, they show eggs at some yes. point in this. And they the eggs that they show are specifically the yes. eggs. That were introduced in Pokemon Go mm-hmm. in purple, orange, and green mm-hmm. eggs. Yep. <laughs> so it's it's not even it's not even subtle. No, um, it's not. And I think I think episode six is actually the biggest mm-hmm. as far as like Pokemon Go definitely affected the direction of this series. Oh yeah. And episode six, it's one of those things where, as somebody who's been playing Pokemon and 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 you know interacting with Pokemon for a long time and haven't watched tons of Pokemon, but watched uh, Pokemon a lot uh, back in the day. My initial gut reaction to this was like, oh no, you can't do this. But then when I just let it go and just like mm-hmm. watched the episode, I was like, okay, this is actually pretty cool because what it's doing is it's setting up a particular dynamic for these two characters. Mm-hmm. Basically episode six. And I, I wrote like a one episode uh, or like a one sentence description for all these just so that I would remember and the one that I wrote for this is the one where Go catches all caps twelve bug <laughs> Pokemon. Yeah, because after Go catches a Pokemon in Score Bunny, he's like, "This is great! I want to catch all the Pokemon. I have this Pokedex now that, mm-hmm. that registered that I have Score Bunny, and just like all of us as little children, if I can collect all of them." I'm going to collect all of them. Yeah. And that's kind of what Go does. He kind of goes nuts with it and says, like, if I can catch one and I can catch 800, I'm going to catch 800. So he goes out and he's like, I'm going to catch everything. And he goes on this spree of catching bug Pokemon, most of which he never battles. And at first I was like, oh, the show has done such a... uh, such a uh, 20 year job of establishing that mm-hmm. when you catch a po not just the show, but the games too. And this was, I know this was a thing that people complained about sort of lore wise for let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, I was one, but this, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's, I don't think it's wrong to have had that reaction. Um, but I think we've kind of come out on the other side realizing like, it's okay. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Um, it didn't hurt anything, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I was like, excuse me. Like we don't battle Pokemon now. <laughs> what is this? this um, safari but, zone. <laughs> I, right. Um, but basically, basically what they establish in this episode is like, yeah, you don't have to battle Pokemon. A lot of the Pokemon that go is going to try to catch. He's going to catch like we catch them in Pokemon go where we don't battle them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just, we, we, get our best chances with a curveball. <laughs> yes. There's even one point where I don't know if you caught this or not. I don't know who says it. I don't know if it's the Pokeball, the Pokedex, but there's one point where he catches a Pokemon and there's a lady's voice that goes, "Nice." Yes, I did catch that. 
I was like, wait, did the Pokedex just say nice? I don't know, but once that happened, I was waiting for it to say excellent. Mm-hmm. Like, just, I was like, too. Right, because like that's that's a reference from the from Go and Let's Go that I'm now expecting because they established it in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, so what it establishes is that yeah, a lot of the Pokemon that he's going to catch, he's going to catch the way that we do in, in Go and Let's Go, but he will encounter Pokemon that are too strong for him to do that. And so he has to battle them at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I do think one thing that's interesting so far is that they've kind of established that like the battling as far as what go does in this episode is a bit more like natural and integrated into the situation than like, Hey, you Scyther point let's battle. And then Scyther's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. like he just is chasing Scyther and trying to catch it. And in order to do so or slow it down or, you know, what he uses the environment around him and his score bunny to make that happen. Yeah, and I like how... So it's actually pretty smooth. Yeah, and I like how Ash is like, you gotta weaken it first. And he goes, why would I want to do that when this is so much quicker? I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the best part was when the pincer shows up and, like, Go just starts throwing a bunch of random stuff at the pincer and just happens to throw a Pokeball at it. Mm-hmm. And it just happens to catch. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I like that it was a pincer, too, because that mm-hmm. feels like intentionally or unintentionally kind of like a safari zone reference like you just mentioned where it's like throw a rock at it Mm -hmm. okay so there was a i want to call it an easter egg i might be stretching for this but just hear me out for this so there's a point where score bunny and pikachu both smell something and they both go off in separate directions okay ash follows pikachu and it's a very quick scene they're looking around and you see a pidgeot flying high up above and then that's it. They don't do anything with it. And then Ash yeah. and Pikachu run off to go do something else. I think they hear ghost screaming. Yeah. My theory is that Pidgeot was Ash's Pidgeot. <laughs> and Pikachu could smell it because it used to work with Pidgeotto a lot. And Pikachu has shown to be able to sniff out the Pokemon. Like when Ash's uh, Pokeballs, uh, you couldn't tell which ones were which. And yeah. Pikachu sniffed them all out. And so that was his Pidgeot just flying up above. And then that's all we get of it. I think that's a really fun theory because the show has clearly made references to old stuff mm-hmm. that, that you can draw those connections to, right? Like, like the trophies and like the thing team rocket said, and like all those things. So it's not like they, they haven't drawn a definitive line between right. the two things. So it leaves all this room open mm-hmm for anything to kind of be like a connection. And I think fan theories are fun. So Mm -hmm. like whether it was intended to be that or not, whether it was an actual planted Easter egg or not, like they don't explain what Pikachu smelled. So why not? That could totally be it. So, and then speaking of fan theories, there's they actually reference a fan theory in this episode. (laughs) Which one's that? When (laughs) after Go catches Metapod, a Venomoth flies by. Oh yeah, I know. Ash goes, is that a, look, a Butterfree. And they're like, oh wait, no, it's a Venomoth. And I'm like, I see what you guys did there. I see what you did there. Yeah. I I refuse. I refuse against my better knowledge. I refuse to believe that that is only a fan theory. And I refuse to accept anything other than that was actually a mistake. And they're trying to cover it up. (laughs) I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what data says. (laughs) There's no other explanation. Uh, yeah, that that's yeah, that was such a great moment. I love that they did that. It's mm-hmm. su- such a funny inclusion. Um, 
Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. So um, this one, yeah, I mean, this one really, really is pretty much just about go catching 12 bug Pokemon. Yeah. And even <laughs> at the end of the episode, like uh, uh, per- uh, the professor's daughter shows up. She goes, I thought, you know, you were going to make Mew your first Pokemon. And he goes, I was. But, yeah. but then I realized that every Pokemon has a bit of Mew's DNA inside of it because that is true. Mew is the DNA Pokemon that created basically all Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's going to work backwards from there, I think yeah. is what he says. And so he's going to catch everything leading into Mew. Yeah, which is great. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to handle it. Ah, uh, so good. Mm-hmm. So good. Also, I'm looking up the daughter's name because I feel like we're doing yeah. I know she's not a huge huge factor, mm-hmm. but we're doing her such a disservice by just like not calling her by her name. Yeah. Also, um, she has a yamper. Yeah, she does. Yes, she does. And, and I love the yamper mm-hmm. and it's like direction. Basically like the yamper doesn't like <laughs> doesn't like, like anybody. Uh, doesn't like anybody really <laughs> except for Pikachu. That's true, because he barks at uh, Score Bunny Bunny and Go, too, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then he just runs up to Pikachu, and they start, like, rubbing their cheeks up against each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like like that this show, and this show has made this reference a lot of times, that, like, there's there's just sort of, like, I mean, it's literally a magnetic bond, but because of that, there's, like, this, this bond between electric Pokemon, and it's because they can sense each other, and because they can sort of feed off of each other, and... And uh, I mean, I, I think in certain cases almost heal each other by charging each other. Like there is something to just electric Pokemon and what that relationship is. And so I really like every time that they kind of maximize that. By the way, Professor Cerise's daughter's name is Chloe. Mm, okay. <laughs> yes. Um, I kept wanting, I wonder what, oh, her, oh, I was, what is her, hmm. I wonder what her Japanese name is. Kaharu. Okay. She has, so I, in my head, I kept just calling her Sakura because she has like Sakura blossoms in her hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, I just, before I knew what her name was, I just like, or, or I guess because I couldn't remember her name, that's just what I was calling her. So I couldn't remember because I was like, it's got to be flower related, right? But it's, it's not. <laughs> it's Chloe. <laughs> so I will be interested to whenever we get to learn more about her. Um, and maybe, maybe that's in the next six episodes. I'm not really sure, but thus far, I don't really know anything about her other than she has flowers in her hair <laughs> and she takes care of flowers at school. You, you do get a little bit more about her in a yeah. future episode. So I figured at some point we had to, I mean, she's a named character and she technically lives with the boys. So uh, it had to happen so, <laughs> at some point. One thing we haven't talked about the new yeah. format for who's that Pokemon. Oh, I love it. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. I, I like it a lot. Basically, instead of doing a silhouette, they give you one small detail of the Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's great. I, I do <laughs> I do wish that they would veer a little bit away from the thing that they do so frequently, even with the silhouettes, which is like, last scene is Lugia. Who's that Pokemon? Lugia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know why they do it. And that, that segment isn't for us. Mm-hmm. It's not meant to be challenging right. for us. But I don't even, I don't they, even think it's challenging for like a five-year-old. <laughs> all right. I won't say anything, but they do make it a little bit challenging for episode 12. Okay, cool. I like yeah. that. 
Um, I like that a lot. Now, and again, the, seg- yeah. the, the segment one isn't for us, and two is literally just to make sure that like kids know the Pokemon's names. Right. But now, it it is obvious because of who's in the episode, but it could mm-hmm. go other directions. Cool. Okay, I love that. Yeah. Also, as we were talking about this, I just thought of a great idea for an episode we could do mm-hmm. that would be like a totally different format. Is it Jigglypuff um, seen from above? <laughs> no, but I will talk to you about it off uh, <laughs> off the air because because I think it's it's the type of thing that we could do as a game for ourselves, Ooh. but that listeners could play along while they listen. And so I don't want to give away what that is until we know for sure that we can do it. But I'm already little, in. I don't know what it is, but I'm yes, in. A little teaser. It won't be for a while because um, because I can just tell you our schedule now. We're releasing this episode this week. Obviously, you're mm-hmm. listening to it. Next week, we should be covering the expansion DLC. Um, and then the week after that will be more of Pokemon Journeys. And then we're going to need a break because we've released four full-numbered episodes uh, in four weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, you can look forward to some Ash Bash, and then maybe we'll do the game. <laughs> yeah, because I already have an Ash Bash in the bank for everybody. So yeah, stay tuned yeah. for that. So in in a couple months, look forward to to that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm pretty confident it'll work, and it's based on. I guess your only hint is that it is based on the way that they do who's that Pokemon in this show. So, yeah. Yeah. Anything else about these first six episodes that you wanted to get in? I, it's funny. We had talked uh, before we recorded, like, this won't be a very long episode. <laughs> like, we only have one thing to talk about. So, like, it'll be sort of a mini episode. This is just as long as any other episode we've well, ever recorded. <laughs> we had a lot to talk about just based off of, like, everything beginning-wise. I feel like true. from here on out, it won't be as bad. Or it could be worse. Or it could be worse. You never know. Um, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. That, that That's a good point, though. Like, even on – so, like, the other podcast I do is a Spider-Man card rewatch and anytime we start a new series that's always our longest episode because we're talking about like the lead up to it mm-hmm. and that's that's exactly what you and i just did yeah <laughs> um you know the other thing i just want to say is i love the art animation for this and i like ash's new hat yeah oh the animation's beautiful at this point that's sort of a given i think um i i know that like people People are split on, I don't know if they're split anymore, but I know people were split on the style and the design, like the character models and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I do think at this point in the series, nobody can argue that the animation is always very good. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't like the the, the designs, this the animation at this point, there's like no, there's like almost no difference between the show and a movie. Like it's so smooth. I, I just rewatched or didn't rewatch. I just watched for the first time. I should say the fourth movie, which I won't get into now because we've already talked a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it really highlighted how much of a disparity there used to be um, between the show animation and the movie animation. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that, that, that distinction is, is, barely there i mean obviously it's higher budget for the movies but uh, it's I also mean, a different studio yeah yeah i mean so there's going to be differences right. but like as far as like the quality of animation mm-hmm. i mean gosh there's like nothing to complain about quality wise with the show anymore it's, yeah it's it, it's so beautiful mm-hmm. agreed uh well we didn't do a question of the episode this time but we will ask you all for your impressions when we finish up the first part so if you, if you, I don't know, if you didn't watch this series and listen to this episode, shame on you, Luke, because it's so good and we 
we told you to watch it, Luke, uh, and turn us off. <laughs> um, but just as a heads up, so um, jot down, jot down your thoughts. We would love to have a massive question of the episode section next time. Uh, we want to know what we didn't talk about that you thought we should have. So um, I guess this is just a, I guess a really, really early uh, solicitation for your answers for this. But what what are your favorite things about this series? Uh, what did we not talk about that we should have? And if your answer is not that uh, Ren's Magnemite shirt, then um, please just don't bother. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Bother. Yeah, tell us whatever you want. Yeah, tell us whatever you want. Yeah, yes, bother. I like <laughs> yeah, that. Yes. <laughs> bother us about this show because it's amazing. Yes. If you couldn't, if you could not tell from my ridiculous enthusiasm this episode, <laughs> I'm always excited to talk about Pokemon. But my God, like I, I felt myself like bursting out of my own skin talking about this because it's so exciting in so many ways. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited about the ambiguity of it all. And I'm, what's funny is I'm just as excited to find out if they break that ambiguity. Like that's the thing that's so fascinating. Um, so I, I can't wait. I, I think this is so brilliant. Um, I was excited for it and now I'm, I, God, I'm so much more, I, I was excited for sun and moon, but I didn't finish it. You know what I mean? This tells you how excited I am for this show because I can't freaking wait. Mm. So, all right, I'm going to stop talking. I'm just rambling at this point. Is there anything else that you wanted to get in before uh, before we shut this show down? No. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on this adventure along the Victory Road, as manic as it was. For information on episodes and contests or to give us feedback on the show, be sure to find us on Twitter and Facebook at Victory Road Pod. And if there's anything in the world of Pokemon or Pokemon journeys that you know a whole lot about and you'd like to appear on the podcast, let us know. Until next time, we're headed back to the Pokemon Center where I will binge the next six episodes and Kyle will re-binge all 12 probably over and over. I ran out of breath. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. production of the Four Ride Radio Network. For other great shows, check out www.4rideradio.com.